hello and welcome, 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 welcome. Glad you're here. Welcome to another Fishmonger live stream. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dansfish.com. We do this every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. If you're watching the replay, this is February 26th, 2020 is when this was first live. So if you're watching this three years later, welcome. <laughs> anyway, I've got story time for you folks. It's been a crazy day, man. Crazy. Um, I think what we'll do is get right into the giveaway and then I'll tell you the crazy story. So the giveaway today is Pandagara. For those that don't know, Pandagara are amazing. They're kind of like the Asian continent's answer to the Placostomus in a way. Um, when you think not on Wi-Fi, um, here we go again, huh? Jeez, come on. I'm not on Wi-Fi. It's a, it's a straight connection. Um, and it's usually a pretty darn fast internet connection. It's about as fast as you can buy in my area. But when the ISP goes out, it goes out and there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. I'm on low latency. Um, I don't have Wi-Fi connected to, to interject or, or have a complication or anything. So when my ISP goes out, it goes out. And we're going to be having a little talk, my ISP and I, uh, here pretty soon and see if we can do anything. But hopefully it got it out of its system early and we can have some smooth sailing from here on out. We'll see. We'll see. And the funniest thing is every time it happens, I check my stream health in the streaming studio, which is YouTube software, says this stream is excellent. It's all healthy. Everything's going great. And it's like, oh, geez. But I do see a little blip on here at 703, no data. So it, it, the ISP just blipped on it. And for a little second there, it didn't have any data. So I'm sorry. Hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> Maybe install a water wheel internet generator. Yeah, I'm going to get a hamster. going to get a hamster on a wheel. <laughs> I'll, I'll power it with sunflower seeds. Um, anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, Pandagara. So yeah, they're like the Asian continent's uh, version of a Plagostomus almost. They're very... I've never seen aggression. They... They're like, a, I guess I would describe them kind of like a loach when you think of like a hillstream loach or something like that. So um, they are active fish. So really, really shy fish. The, the Apandagara might get in their face and stress them out and things like that, like a loach might or something. But in general, really peaceful fish, great community fish. Of all the Gara, probably the prettiest. And my favorite thing about them is in my experience, they've always been super hardy. Um, they're one of the fish that when I import them, I rarely ever have any losses. So this last batch, I think I imported 200. I don't think I've lost a single one. And that's typical of Pandagara. They do great in a wide, wide um, variety of water parameters. Soft water, they're fine. Hard water, they're fine. Where they live, uh, they live in these streams and they live in pretty big aggregations. And um, there's a monsoon season and a normal season. And so what happens is during the normal season, the water level drops, gets a little harder. Uh, there's kind of changes to the chemistry. And then the monsoon season comes and all this fresh water is just dumped for months in this area. And, um, 
And so they get a whole bunch of fresh water, really soft rainwater flooding in. So throughout the year, they can experience a wide variety of water parameters, currents, uh, things like that. They do like some current. They, they do come from streams. So they're going to appreciate some high quality water and some good filtration, good water movement. But like I said, they are pretty darn hardy fish. Cooler temperatures are fine for them. Uh, they can go down from the mid 60s up to the mid to upper 70s without any problem. If it gets much warmer than that, you got to really make sure you have good water movement or some air stones, uh, bringing in some extra oxygen because they do come from streams and stuff and they do appreciate a good quality, a good quantity of dissolved oxygen in the water. Um, they're an omnivore, so they'll eat I like to feed them Rapashi community. They just mob it. They absolutely mob it. And you put a big chunk in there and they'll just graze on it for hours. That does really well for them. Um, every now and then I'll mix in some soy and green, but they also eat flakes. They eat pellets. They'll eat frozen. They'll eat live. They're not picky at all. Michael Wentworth throwing down five bucks. Michael, thanks for doing that. I appreciate the super chat. Evening at Dan's Fish. Let's get this thing moving. Hashtag breeding is pleasure. You know it. Boom, boom in the fish room. No more professor. Professor. I can never say that right. Professor and hashtag fish annex. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate the super chat. Always appreciate it. Never required, but it does make the wife super happy. And Michael, thanks so much for everything you do to moderate and help the Get Gills Facebook group um, be successful. I, I think it's a nice group. It's, it's growing pretty steadily, and I think you guys do a great job of moderating it and keeping it friendly and on point. So thanks for the work that you that you and Disco Fish do over there. I appreciate it. Mr. Guppy throwing down five bucks. Thank you. Prayers for LRB and family. Oh, I'm going to have to see what's going on there. I did not know. Did Lucas have a tragedy? Um, as soon as this is over, I'm going to check out Lucas's channel and see what's going on. I did not know there was an issue. Last I saw, he was heading off to an island and was very excited. So, um, oh, now I'm worried for him. Uh, thanks for bringing that to my attention, Mr. Guppy, and I will check into that as soon as I close up on here. I hope nothing happened. Lucas is a good guy. Um, so that's the Pandagara. If you would like to win the Pandagara, um, then we're doing that for the giveaway. And the hashtag... You'll understand this when I tell you my next story is not Pandagara or something. It's hashtag go UPS go. That's the hashtag. You don't have to worry about caps or anything like that. But if you enter hashtag go UPS go in the comments, you'll be automatically entered to win some Pandagara and I'll send them to you free of charge. You don't have to pay shipping or anything. I'll send them out uh, on Monday to you. So um, that's... <clears throat> Oh, looks like he's ill. Oh, yeah, I saw that he had a little fever, but I didn't realize it was anything serious. Um, I saw that uh, he, he said he had a fever. I guess 105 is not a little fever, is it? And that he wasn't going to be going live or something and was concentrating on getting well. Hopefully it's just like the flu and not anything serious. Um, all right. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. So that's the giveaway for some Pandagara. So why is the hashtag go UPS go? Well, it's been an interesting week shipping fish, let me tell you. So we did a big sale and that kept Pistol and me hopping this weekend. It was very busy. We sent out many, many, many fish. So thank you everyone that participated and ordered from dansfish.com. Um, 
it, it's helping us. The, the sale is to help us clear out some space in our tanks so we can sell as many fish as possible because we have a large import coming from Nigeria next week. And so uh, we have a sale running till then uh, so that we can just make as much space as possible. So lots of people ordered and that was fantastic. Everything's going swimmingly. We got them all done. Uh, sent the fish out Monday, made it in time to join Bob Steenfont on his live stream. Bob, thanks for having me, by the way. That was a ton of fun. I really enjoyed our conversation. And the next day I got some reports from people that I had sent their uh, packages overnight. Everything was good. No losses so far. So it seemed like it was being great. Then I woke up this morning expecting to find some reports for some people saying, hey, they arrived and everything's good because that's usually what I hear. Instead, I saw some reports. Hey, my package is delayed. I'm worried. How do we handle this? And then I got another one that said the same thing. And I was like, what is going on? So I checked tracking. Every package that was sent today, not today, not, not Wednesday, but that was sent Monday via two-day shipping has been delayed. Uh, apparently, in the Colorado facility, there was a mechanical failure, uh, maybe a conveyor belt stuck, maybe, I, I don't know what piece of equipment stopped working, but they had a mechanical failure and it caused a delay. So that's the bad news, is that your packages are not going to arrive until tomorrow. The good news is I've been checking throughout the day and it looks like stuff's moving again. So almost all the packages that were stuck in, in why did I want to say Chicago, in Colorado, Commerce City, Colorado, have now moved on. So a lot of them have already reached uh, Louisville, Kentucky. A lot of them have already departed from there. So it's moving again. So I'm hopeful that you will actually get your packages tomorrow. There was one or two that said that they were still, um, the headline said they were still stuck, but when you dug into the details of the tracking, they're actually not. They've actually made it to Louisville. So I think, I think everyone that's waiting, I'm sorry about the delay. Um, obviously it's out of our hands. Um, it's a piece of equipment in a UPS warehouse sorting facility, uh, stopped working. <laughs> um, but the good news is you should get them tomorrow. Now, <clears throat> Hopefully everything arrives alive and healthy and, and robust enough that it's going to do good for you long term. If not, please send me an email, dan at dancefish.com. Let me know. If anything arrives, DOA, let me know. I'll take care of you. If anything arrives and it's not DOA, but it's like this doesn't look good. It's shimmying or it's it looks like it's just not acting like a fish should act, let me know um, and we'll take care of that stuff too. Generally, in a case like this, if something like that happens, um, then I'll say, okay, I'm sorry. Keep an eye on it for a couple days and let me know if it actually settles in. It's, uh, it's funny every now and then, but we're going to bleed viewers like crazy and subs like crazy if this is something that happens all the time, right? That's, that's not a good thing. Yeah, just a tiny blip. It's showing me. I fig I found out how to track this stuff. Just this tiny little blip at 714 that the ISP just for a couple seconds just stops sending. And that just freezes everything up for a little while while everything reboots and reconnects. So sorry about that. Um, so anyway, I'm hopeful that 
that the fish were in the warehouse. If they were, I don't expect any losses. There's 72-hour heat packs in there. They often will actually last four days instead of uh, three days. However, if they weren't in the warehouse, if they were out on a tarmac or in the bed of a truck outside, you know, in the parking lot or something, um, then, then I worry. Usually everything goes okay, even when there's delays and things. But then I worry because it was, it was pretty cold in Colorado last night. And um, if they were there all night long, just sitting there, um, hopefully they were towards the middle of the truck, not on the side. So they were insulated by the packages around them, all that. Um, but we'll see. I, I hope everything goes well. You know, I, I care about fish. I don't ever want them to, you know, their lives matter to me. I care about my reputation, the reputation of my company. So I'm always super, I'm nervous every week until Wednesday because that's usually when stuff arrives and I get the confirmation, everything's okay. And then I can relax again. Now I'm going to be nervous until Thursday because I care about the fish. The reputation of the company and my reputation are very important for the uh, forward progress we want to make. And so you know, if there's big problems with shipments, that, that puts that back a few steps, which is no fun. And then there's the financial thing on top of that, which is I've never got a refund from UPS. They're very bad <laughs> in my experience about giving refunds. So I'll be out the shipping and I'll have to reship any anything or uh, refund anything. And when I refund, I, I include shipping in the refund. Um so, of course, in the back of my mind is the nightmare scenario where nothing makes it, right? It's just just a horrible catastrophe. Now, in reality, that's not going to happen. What's going to happen is um, everyone's going to get their fish and the vast majority will probably be in great shape. There might be a couple losses, uh, a few losses. And we're talking out of hundreds of fish. We sent a lot of fish um, this week. So that's what's really going to happen if we look at what's happened in the past and the track record. But I'm going to be nervous right until tomorrow. That's just the reality. And unfortunately, my poor customers who are waiting for their fish are probably also going to be nervous right until tomorrow. Because I know what it's like to be on the receiving end and be waiting and experience the delays and everything. And, and that kind of ah, that, that rock that hits your stomach when you see that. So I apologize to my customers. I'm sorry that that's happening. But uh, we'll get through it together. Just please, please let me know if they... If they arrive in great shape, let me know. If they arrive and there's problems, let me know. And I'll work with you to do what we can. Um, yeah, and this is the first week, I think, yeah, that I've opened up to. Of course, it had to happen when I had a big sale going on. So there's tons of fish out there. We sent a lot. And the first week when I reopened two-day shipping. Of course, that's when it would happen. <laughs> it's just, ain't life funny? <laughs> Murphy's Law, my friends. Murphy's Law. Here's to you, Murphy. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that's the story. That's been my day. Apart from that, everything's going well. The import from Nigeria is still on track. I'm excited to see if the new system I set up... Um, will work where they come into the southern United States, they get a water change, they get several heat packs, four heat packs put in each box, and then they get sent on to me. I'm hoping that that will work better than flying them directly into Denver and having them go through the cold 
um, while they're waiting for inspection and customs and everything um, because they won't have heat packs when they arrive in the United States. It's too hot in Nigeria for, for the uh, exporters to put in heat packs, or at least that's what they say. They just won't put in heat packs. So I think I figured out the solution, but this will be the first time doing it this way. Usually I just import directly to myself when I do this. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Moonstone, five bucks. Pretty sure they'll all be fine. Yeah, me too. Like if I look at the statistics, if I look at, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not a newbie at this. I've been through things like this with USPS or, other, you know, every now and then there's a delay and you, you culminate that over the years and you can get some, some data. I know the math I know says that everything's going to be okay, but I, I can't stop worrying about it. And I just won't be able to, it's just how I am. It's, it's one of the worst parts of doing what I do. <laughs> okay. So we've been over the, um, super chat, uh, super chats. I'm sorry. We've been over the giveaway for the Pandagara and I've told you my story. Um, I think that's, I think that's it. There's nothing much else to report with the fish annex. Um, I, I did install a big old shop sink in there, which is big enough that I can put in a 40 gallon breeder aquarium and wash it and scrub it and everything. Nice big tanks. I mean, that, so that was nice. Um, I did find there's a local hobbyist in the United States that is breeding wild type bettas. And I'm working on a deal to purchase about a hundred of them from him. So I'm excited about that. And they might be, uh, they're going to cost more than if I bought them directly from the importer, but they're hobbyist bred. So it's worth it. To me, it's worth the extra cost. I'd much rather buy from a hobbyist here in the United States than purchase uh, farmed or wild fish that were collected overseas. It's just better for the fish. And they're going to do on average better for whoever buys them. So I'm excited about that. So, um, yeah. So that was a cool development that's going on. Um, apart from that, let's open it up to your questions and comments. If you have a question or comment for me, if you make it at Dan's fish, then it will, um, highlight for me and I'm much more likely to see it for anyone. So I'm going to get to as many as I can by the end of the stream. My style is to kind of get a question or comment and, and, um, and dig into it. I I'm always way far behind in the chat. It's just, I just look at the chat as, is is talking points. So when someone gives a question or comment, I like to interact with it for real instead of just a yes or no answer or something. So I'm sorry, I'm always going to be far behind. If I miss your question or comment, I'm not ignoring you on purpose. Um, if you see that I'm past it in the chat, just please repost it. I, it just means I didn't see it or chat skipped on me and I, I missed it. Um, the, the system, the chat system we're working with has a mind of its own sometimes. Sometimes it'll just jump and I miss a whole section of questions and comments and I can't get back to it um, just because of how the system is on YouTube. So, um, yes. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna scroll up and see if I can find Okay, the first question, comment, I can see, because it won't let me scroll all the way to the top, because I'm so far behind, as per usual, is Sean OOTD. Pretty sure I told you, but if not, the epistles came in looking stunning. I'm so glad, Sean. I hope they turn into a nice, robust breeding group for you. Um, so for those that are wondering what we're talking about, um, 
Sean ordered some um, of the F1 Epistogramma cockatoides that I had bred and raised up. They're still fairly small. They're definitely uh, juveniles. They're definitely not adults yet. But uh, yeah, I'm glad they arrived in good shape. And those are near and dear to my heart just because I actually raised them. So that makes them special to me. And the parents were stunning and hardy. So I think they'll do well for you. I think it's going to be a good group. And by the way, I don't think I told you, they're pretty much eating everything. They'll eat flakes and small, small pellets and chew on rapashi, but they really like baby brine shrimp. They're not very picky though. Beast heart, overheating modem, old modem, and modems from cable companies are the possible problem you'd be running into, had them all in the past. Well, it is an old modem and the modem came from the cable company. So, you know what? But since it came from them, if that's the problem, I'm going to convince them to replace it. <laughs> but I'll, that's something to dig into, Beastark. Thank you. I hadn't considered the modem itself being a problem. I'll, I'll, I'll look into that. Rockford Fishkeeping. Go into UPS and tell them, give me my money back or you can pay for my medical bills because your company is giving me ulcers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is... I mean, the UPS office I have, UPS is, is a massive corporation. They aren't able to do anything. Like, they can't even accept money. I have to do everything online. So, yeah. And they're nice people. It's not my local office. Trust me. They're, they're nice people and work with me every way they can. And I appreciate them. This is much higher up than anyone I'm going to find in my local office. But the ulcers might be real. <laughs> ah, ooh. No, <laughs> Mr. Guppy, if something is wrong with the shipment, I'll eat any costs. Oh, that's super generous of you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thanks. Um, but, you know, I don't know. This is probably wrong of me. But often when some say someone gets a dozen fish from me. And there's a problem. Let's say one one doesn't do well, which occasionally happens. Um, not often at all, thank goodness, but very occasionally something like that will happen. I think so far in 2020, with all the shipments we do, I think we've only lost four fish total, if I remember right. Two were DOA and two passed away a couple days after arriving. Just didn't just were super stressed out or didn't look strong on arrival. Apart from that, I think we're, everyone arrives alive. So usually it goes well, but every now and then when something like this happens, someone will say, that's okay. You don't have to refund the shipping. I understand. And, and, and depending on my relationship with that person, sometimes I'm like, okay, thank you so much. But often I say, thank you. And I refund them anyway. Um, and that might not be the best business practice, but the reason I do that is, A, if they're a new customer or someone that I don't know really well, um, then I, I want them to know that I mean it when I tell them I stand behind my fish. But the other reason is it keeps me honest. Um, if I feel a little pain every time something goes wrong, then then it's an extra incentive to uh, keep doing things right. So I appreciate that, Mr. Guppy, but let me know. We'll see. We'll see how 
everyone arrives. I'm, I'm hoping they arrive in good shape. Just made it to Moonstone's $5 Super Chat. Thank you again, Moonstone. I appreciate it. And I missed KP. Sorry, KP. $2. And does it say anything? It will. It literally will not let me scroll down low enough to see if there's a comment with that. I'll see as I get down lower in the chat. But thank you so much for the Super Chat. Always appreciated. Never required. But it does make Brenda super happy. Gnarly Fish Tanks GT Aquatics. Gnarly Fish Tanks. I'm picturing... <laughs> I, when I see that, I think of gnarls. So I think of a whole bunch of like driftwood that's got all these gnarls and, and knots in it and stuff. Enjoying seeing those Denison barbs behind you. I have nine of them and they are almost two inches. Can't wait until they get full grown. Oh, one of the best fish to ever enter the hobby. Denison barbs are, are gorgeous. I just have the one left. Um, I call him Fu Manchu because um, the reason I held on to him is he's got a smashed pug looking face like his his mouth and the end of his head isn't shaped right it's like pug like smushed and because of that it makes his little whiskers stick out really cute so i call him fu manchu um but yeah i like denison barbs too and by the way everyone we've come a long way in the hobby most of the denison barbs that you purchase now in fact pretty much all of them are farm bred so i know they're endangered in the wild but the ones you're purchasing in the aquarium hobby are all going to be farm bred. Um, there might still be some limited collection, but I don't think any of the ones I've ever ordered have, have ever been wild caught. So just be aware of that. If you're worried about that fish and worried about um, the over collection that it used to go through. And I, I don't think that's the case any longer. Beast Heart, our modem router combos can also have problems. As for the ISP side, loose cable that is running to your house um, could cause the problem. Hope it helps. Thanks, Beast Heart. I literally know nothing about this. So everything you're telling me helps because I'm <laughs> I know nothing. Um, I know nothing, Jon Snow. I'm going to be um, calling them, though, and seeing if we can figure something out. And lucky for me, Jonathan, my uh, the, the tech guru at getgills.com, will be here not next week, but the week after that. And so if I haven't been able to find a solution by then, um, I'll have someone that can help me out. So I'm hoping we can fix the problem quickly and that this doesn't continue to be a thing. Because that will be a problem long term. Ginger's waiting for the shipment from Bob. Still in transit. Oh, I hope it gets to you soon. It's never fun when you have those delays. Tommy Tank, I see Mr. Kaler is here. You are an awesome guy. He is. I missed your second live stream today. I did too. I will definitely be watching it after damn stream. Dan's stream. Ditto to all that. <laughs> Tommy, take you couldn't have said it better. That, that, those are all my thoughts too. I missed it, but I'll be watching the replay. Um, I had to work through today. I, I could not take a break. Things, especially with the UPS thing, trying to figure all that out. Michael Brandle, what brand or model of sync did you get? Good question. Um, let me find it and I will share it with you. I think it was on Amazon. No, no, I got mine at Home Depot. I, they have them on Amazon and eBay and Home Depot. And the one I got was on Home Depot. So let me just find it here and I can show you the actual one on their website. 
Um, okay. Big tub, utilitub. I think it was that one. Oh, no, it was the Musty. Whoops. Musty was the brand. Hang on. I see it here. But it was the big Musty. Musty sink. All right. And it doesn't have a divider in it. Here we go. So is this one. The big tub, it's 40 inches um, by, by two feet by 33 inches. I put mine up on cinder blocks because I wanted it a little taller than um, 33 inches. It came with, this might be the one, it came with a, a nozzle and everything. It came with the faucet and the faucet has a hose that you can pull out the and everything to extend it. So that's what I got. Um, not nothing uh it's definitely like a shop tub nothing cool about it other than it's big um yeah so that's the one i went for the good news is even after buying the pex hardware i needed and getting it all installed and everything it still came in less than 200 bucks so took me longer than i thought to install though <laughs> i thought it was gonna be a couple hours it was more like an entire day of course but we got it done we got it done and there's another super chat down there and i simply cannot see it i will get to it i see one under kp on the super chat list the viewer activity list but the way this website is i literally cannot scroll down to see it man i wish they wouldn't do that if i click off and back on Nope, I'll, I'll get to it. In fact, I'm going to jump down right now and see if I can find those because Super Chats um, really help when you're a small guy like me, so I don't want to miss them. Aquarium Thoughts for $2. That must be the one that I missed. New modem, new cable modem fund. Hey, thank you so much, Aquarium Thoughts. I appreciate it. Thanks for the $2. And it probably will be going to something like that something to solve this problem. KP, $2, go Dan, go. Thank you. I'm going. I'm going. Fine. I'm leaving. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> Kayla's Aquatics. If anyone has a question or comment, be sure to put at Dan's fish so he will see it. Yes. Thank you, Bob, for noting that. And thank you to you and the other mods that are here working hard to make this another successful stream tonight. I really appreciate you all. I think you know that. Mr. Guppy, I lead any cost if shipment goes wrong. So sorry about one shipment. At least let, okay. Um, well, let me know how, how they do. And I, I really appreciate that. That's very generous of you. Rockford Fishkeeping, how would you light a 125? I don't see 72 inch lights. So the way I have it, let me see if I can show you this. Um, this might be a little weird, but we're going to try it. Let me turn up my mic here because I'm going to go a little far away. Okay, so I just use these. These are a four inch shop light from Amazon. They're high qualities. They're uh, 6,000 Kelvin, I believe, maybe 5,000 Kelvin. Two LED strips on them. They're not, they don't go all the way across. They put out a ton of light. They grow plants. They're super cheap. They're not like a showy solution. This is like a utility warehouse type solution. Probably not like a living room solution. 
Well, what I do is I have three of them on there, and I move one. Let me get the camera back and adjust the volume here so I'm not shouting at you. Um, so I, I move one to the other one side of the tank and the other two to the other side of the tank. And I want this side of the tank a little darker anyway because I have plecos in there and stuff. It, I like kind of uneven light. So if a fish is like I need to get out of the sun, they can go over to a little lighter spot. So I just stagger them across the tank and that's how I do it. It's probably not the best solution, honestly. If, if you have a nice show tank in your living room and you want it to look, you know, good. The other thing is with three lights, I have to move the top light back on top of the other two before I can lift the lid because, you know, they encroach across the uh, depth of the tank so much. But that's what works for me. And for, you know, that's a $60 solution. That's a lot of light for $60, three of those, 60, 70 bucks. You can get three of them for pretty cheap. So that's what I did. I don't know um, if that is helpful to you or not, because I don't know your use case. But for a guy like me that's like all about utility, then it works really well. Um, what species are coming from Nigeria? Let me show you real quick. Um, so I'll literally just share the list with you. So you can see it. So this is what I've ordered. I'm trying to do this in a way that doesn't show anything proprietary. <laughs> yeah, I think I can. I think I can share this um, without. I'm trying to make it bigger. Sorry, I'm trying to zoom in, and it's it's being funny. Okay, here we go. I'm trying to make it so you can see it better. Okay. So what I'm going to do real quick is I'll literally just um, show you the list and scroll down it. I won't take a ton of time, but enough that you can see the fish. And if you want to like see them more and all that, you can pause or you can watch the replay and pause on it or whatever. But here's the list. So some neat tetras, some killifish that I'm very excited about. And by the way, I know that the names on these are inaccurate, like Aphiosimian um, Sojastedi. I know it's Fundalopanchaks, I get that. But this is what they're listed as on the exporter sheet. They don't always have the right scientific names or a lot of the common names are just made up and things. So don't worry about that. <laughs> just want you to know, that's how they appear on the list. What you're seeing is just what appears on the list. Okay, so here they are. Oops, if I can. Remember, there we go. Can't I page down? Come on. It literally won't page up or down? That's weird. I don't want to have to scroll. Okay, hang on. Here we go. So, Barbus J, which is I'm super excited about. These are the Microsynodonis I was talking with uh, Bob Seenfot about, and this one from Cameroon. I don't know the species, but I'm looking forward to seeing what it is. There you go. So some cichlids, uh, quite a few killifish, as many killifish as they have available, really, because that's my jam. Um, and some neat catfish, a couple elephant nose, um, Peter's eye, which is the most common one. Um, Really cool fish, though. I like Peter's eye a lot. They had Bollinger and stuff as well, but costs were a lot higher for those. And 
I've I have some experience with elephant nose, but I don't have any experience importing them. This is my first time doing a direct import on my own license with them as opposed to a wholesaler or something like that. And so I wanted to go with the common hardy fish. So I went with Peter's eye and then I went with one that doesn't have a trunk as well, kind of a baby dolphin type as well. So um, we'll try each of those and see how, see how things go with that. Uh, I really like those fish. And then some neat barbs and tetras and stuff. So that's the list for Nigeria. And once Nigeria comes in and I actually know what I got, because that's what I ordered, I don't know what will arrive. You never do. And I don't know how many either. Um, but once it's, then I'll know how much tank space I have left and I'll immediately process the order for Indonesia, which is exciting as well for me. I like the fish coming from there. Aquarium thoughts. Easy to buy a new modem for like 40 to 60 bucks in regards to cable modem. Cool. Yeah, I haven't looked at it at all. Um, but I will. I will now. Sean OOTD. Oh, yeah. I have not heard any problem with them eating. And yeah, while young, I agree. Looks like I got a good mix. Cool. Um, I did my best to guess male and female, but... I, I think they're too small, but I was like, that one doesn't look like it has quite as much extension on the fin. So we'll see. <laughs> this one has a little more extension on the fin. So we'll see. So hopefully you end up with a good mix. Yeah. The fish tank barn throwing down five bucks. Mike, thanks so much. Tip jar, great stream and info as always. Well, great community as always. Thanks for being here, uh, Mike and the rest of you folks. Sakana Katana, any tips for acclimating rosy loaches? This UPS delay messed up my plans for today. I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry. That's the, ah, that's the thing, right? When you take off work and you have everything arranged, like I get it. I've been in your shoes and I'm really sorry. Um, honestly, temp and tank them. A plop and drop them. So float them in the tank. 15, 20 minutes in the sealed bag. So temperature gets close unless they already come in with the temperature close, then just put them right in. There's no need to uh, wait if the temperature is fairly close, but if it's not, go ahead and float them 15 minutes or so. They're small bags with not much water in them. So it shouldn't take more than 15 minutes. And then uh, what I do is I just dump them through a net. So my water doesn't get in your tank as much as possible and then put the fish in the tank and yeah, I know there's drip acclimation and all those things, but uh, my scorecard over the years is much better with temp and tank or plop and drop than, um, and then with drip acclimation. It has to do with ammonia issues and all the and other toxins that accumulate in the shipping water. So my preference is get them out of that water as quickly as possible. I'd rather have them uh, go through a severe adjustment in pH or hardness or something than sit in toxic water for any longer than they need to. That's, that's what seems to work best for me. And I find that the changes in pH or hardness um, don't seem to really affect the fish, especially if it's going from low pH to high pH or soft water to hard water, which is generally what's happening because my water is super soft. And by the time they fish gets you, it's likely that the pH in the bag is quite low. So if your pH is above 6.5 or so, and uh, your hardness is anything, then it's harder than mine. And the pH is probably higher than is in, in the bag. And that's an ideal situation for plop and drop. So that's what I would recommend. Um, 
By the way, when you're floating the fish in the tank, it would be nice if you turned off the light just so they aren't like getting <laughs> they've been in a dark box for a couple of days, right? And then they come out and they get put in this tank with this bright light shining on them. It helps to turn off the lights for the first little while while they're floating and after you let them loose. So that's the only real um, concession I suppose I'd make to getting them out of the bag. Now, I think it's an always a good idea to, to have some Ickex or Fritz, Mardell, Quick Cure, something like that on hand. Often you don't need it, but just in case, because the stress of shipping, you know, Ick and Velvet are more likely than than if they weren't through that stress. Just a lot of fish, once they go through that stress, they become, uh, you know, for a little while, they're a little bit vulnerable. So having that on hand is helpful. And I mean, you could do some dewormer and stuff if you notice any pinching bellies or anything. But honestly, these guys, specifically the rosy loaches I've had for a while, and they've been through a round of dewormer on at least three separate occasions. So I think they're probably pretty solid on that front. So that's what I would say. Um, Sakana Katana, if you have anything more specific or, or uh, I didn't answer something, um, let me know and I can, I can get more in, into the weeds with you. But that, that's the general idea. Joseph Stanley, even if not a gamer, I'd say get a nice gaming modem. Okay, so maybe I need to... So the modem I have is just whatever came with the uh, from the cable company, right? So, yeah, it's probably the cheapest thing they could get, right? <laughs> so maybe I should do that. Yeah. Yeah, not a bad... Not a bad... Uh, not a bad suggestion. So here's, here's what I think I'm going to do. So here's my plan of attack so far in my mind. Call them. Say, hey, I'm having problems. Uh, let's you think it could be the modem and hopefully they'll say, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's been a few years. We'll send you a new modem because then I don't have to pay for it. And then I can do that and see if the problem goes away. And if it does, then I know that's the problem. And then from there I can be like, okay, that was the problem. Now I know where to put my money and then maybe buy a nice modem, but, um, then try to make them pay for that test. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I know nothing about modems. So if if some are like quicker than others and gaming equipment tends to be really fast because of all the bandwidth as a process, that's a good note. Michael St. John, refunding goes along with your ethical business. Wish more businesses were as ethical. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I look at it. I look at it as, as it's my duty to get you the fish alive and healthy. And if I don't, you shouldn't have to pay for that. Like, um, that, that's just how I look at it. Now, that being said, there are people that I have a close relationship with. And so there is some back and forth. Um, and occasionally they'll say, oh, don't worry about it. And I'll be like, OK, because I know I've sent them extra fish in the past. And it, like it all evens out when you have a close relationship with someone that you've gone back and forth with for a long time. But, um, yeah, and that doesn't mean, by the way, that if I have a close relationship with you and I refund you anyway, that I think we don't have a close relationship. It just means that I feel like like you deserve it. Like, uh, I haven't sent you enough free fish or whatever to justify me not refunding you. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Greenwater Guppies, five bucks. Man, the super chats are falling hard. Thanks, folks, for slapping them down. What's up, Dan? How are those Santa Maria's coming along? They're great. The strain is fixed. Uh, it's been fixed for a while. They're doing awesome. Um, I'm trying. I'm still trying to. I'm working on lengthening the tails for the swallowtail look. That's what I call it. Uh, double sword look. So we get nice long extensions on the top and bottom of the caudal fin. So that's what I'm working on. Haven't made it. So that part is not fixed in the strain yet, but it pops up in a few of them. So I'm working on fixing that trait. But as far as Santa Maria itself, that's fixed and uh, has been for a while. And every now and then a gold colored one will pop out. So that's in the strain. That appears to be embedded in the genes. Um, it just a gold-colored one will come out. If in a batch of 50, you might have two that are a gold body color. So that's how the strain is. Pretty darn good, though. Brandon Lee, thinking about buying those female embellis on your site, are they on prepared foods and is care relatively close to splendens? Yes. They're eating flakes and pellets and rapashi along with live foods and frozen foods. So they're not picky at all. They're little pigs. And um, I would say the care is the same for splendens, except to say that embellus are a little less aggressive than splendens. They still have a pecking order. They still kind of act splendens-esque. But um, a lot of times you'll get a sorority of female bettas of splendens and you can you can run into some issues with aggression and things. These guys, I've had all of them. So they used to live together in a 75 gallon tank. And then I got down to the last, I think there's nine of them. I better check. I better check that there's still nine there. I, people come, I don't think I've sold any out. I better check that though. Um, and they're in a five and a half gallon aquarium and they're still doing great. So I, I'm not experiencing the aggression that you can sometimes experience with Splendens. Full disclosure, they were sold to me as Betta and Bellis. Um, I get a couple comments, though, when I show videos of them and stuff from people that say, that's not in Bellis, that's a hybrid, or that's a Splendens or something, because it has red in the dorsal fin or something. Um, I take all that with a grain of salt, because honestly, I don't think you can look at a picture of a fish and just be like, I'm going to identify that, especially when it's very closely related species. And because Betta and Bellis has a large range... So just because someone has a population that doesn't have red in the dorsal or anal fin, it doesn't mean that another population of beta embellus doesn't have red, right? So I take all that with a grain of salt, but be aware that I did import them. I, I bought them. Um, I don't know the breeder. I don't know the provenance, but they were sold to me as embellus. And to me, they act like embellus. But some experts um, who say they're experts, although I don't know them personally, maybe they are. Um, has said that they're hybrids or actually splendens. So just be aware of that. Um, I'm listing them as embellus because that's what I bought them as and I don't know any better than to say that that's what they are. So Chattanooga Ed, <laughs> is that a fox or a cat? <laughs> Boxing my face there. <laughs> $5, thanks Ed. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for throwing down a super chat. <laughs> <laughs> Pippi Longstocking is striking hard with $10. Thanks, Bob. Kevin's <laughs> <Give us> Aquatics. <laughs> Throwing down Pippi Longstocking. Oh, thanks, gentlemen. I appreciate that. 
Ah, man, that cat keeps beating me face. Keeps beating me in the face. That's quite the violent sticker there, Ed. Cute, but it hurts. Um, okay, so Brandon, that's the skivvy on the embellis. L Flower One Stars. You have a great, you are a great fish salesman. So kind and understanding. Thanks. Thanks. What I'm trying to be is a good supplier and a good businessman um, and not a pushy salesman. But I do have some awesome stuff and I am excited about some of it. And I'm excited about what's coming in too. But I appreciate you, L Flower One Stars. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the compliment. All right, looking for the next one. Michael Wentworth, tips on reducing egg fungus, pulling good numbers from various bows, and am getting fry. Seems to be fighting fungus issues, though, and not seeing success rate like I'd like to. Hashtag breeding is pleasure. Indeed it is. Um, so, okay. So, I'm going to talk about rainbow eggs specifically. The first one is, are you using any antifungal and antibacterial solution when you incubate the eggs? So hydrogen peroxide is great. Start at about two milliliters per gallon. See if that works. If not, bump it up to like four. See if that works. If not, bump it up to about six. Um, you have to play with it to find the range that works in your water. Harder water takes more hydrogen peroxide because hydrogen peroxide oxidizes with everything. And if there's a lot of stuff in your water, which is, you know, what hard water is, then um, the hydrogen peroxide will bond quickly to the stuff floating around in the water and dissipate faster. So you might need to add more, but you kind of have to play with it to find the right level. But usually you can find the right level. And what I would say is change the uh, water in the egg container, I'm assuming you're incubating them in a small little uh, plastic container or something. I would change that water as up to like four or five times a day if possible. Now you're a working man, so maybe you can only do it twice. Maybe you can only do it three times, um, whatever the situation is. But the more you can change that water, the better. Keep a lid on it so you aren't getting a bunch of dust and things falling in there to dirty it up. And every time you put, you dump out the old water and dump out as much as you can without pouring the eggs. We're talking about close to 100% water change and then refill it with fresh water, then add more hydrogen peroxide every time. Um, stop once they hatch because the hydrogen peroxide will harm the, the baby fish um, once they're outside of the protection of the uh, egg membrane itself, the, the outer layer. I want to say shell, but it's not that. Um, now, if you try all that and hydrogen peroxide just doesn't do the trick for you, then you can move on to methylene blue. It's my second choice just because it stains everything. And I like hydrogen peroxide because it's totally benign when it breaks down. It, it, it decomposes into water and oxygen. So I like that about it. It's so non-toxic to anything. But if that doesn't work, methylene blue might be something to try. If none of that works... Then something else is get a larger container. Try, um, I don't know, a gallon or two, or if you have a five and a half gallon aquarium, something like that, and get a lot of water movement going. And you're still going to want to change it often, but get a, get a lot of air stones going and things to keep the water um, really flowing and well oxygenated. A lot of these rainbows come from streams and... Um, it, 
when they lay in the streams, they're getting really good oxygen to the eggs and good water movement around the eggs. So those are kind of, that's kind of the route I would take when, if all else fails, I would rig an egg tumbler um, in a way that the eggs won't get out of it, like get some green scrubby pad and cut it to plug the bottom and the top and tumble the eggs. Uh, that's when all else fails, tumbling eggs sometimes works really well. Now I should mention every time you change the water in the egg container, you want to replace it with clean gassed off water, not with water from the parent's aquarium. So get like a five gallon bucket, um, fill it with water, whatever water you're using, tap water is usually fine. Bubble it overnight and um, then add, oh, you don't have to add Seachem or Prime to it. You're not shipping. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, just bubble it, gas it off really well. Uh, make sure there's no chlorine or chloramine in it, of course and then use that. So the cleaner the water you use in your water changes the better, but it needs to be water that's been aged and gassed off as opposed to fresh from the tap. The water that's fresh from the tap is, I'm sure you know, Michael, but for those listening, um, it'll change parameters. It's volatile, it hasn't settled. So it'll, it's not steady. So it'll change parameters really rapidly and there's a bunch of dissolved gases and things in there that um, will I don't know, change the chemistry and all that. So you want to get it all stabilized before you put it in. Now, if none of that works, um, then the other thing you can try is two tanks for each species. Put them in one tank with a bunch of spawning mops or a bunch of plants or whatever. And after a week or two, move the parents, all the adult fish out to another tank and let the fry just hatch there. Um, sometimes when nothing else works, that works best. Um, I found that with things like, not necessarily rainbows. Rainbows I can usually get to hatch really well in hatching containers, but with like blue galeris and some of the different killifish that I'm like, okay, I've picked them. I've tried every solution. They're not working. I've tried bubbling them. I've tried this. I've tried peat moss. I can't get a good hatch rate. Sometimes just don't touch the eggs. Move the adults instead. So those are my thoughts, Michael. Um, you're probably, you're a pretty savvy guy. So you're probably already familiar with all that. I don't know if any of that helped. That's my thoughts on it. Oh, one more thing is if you're incubating them in hard alkaline water and you've tried all these things and nothing's working, try soft water, try soft, maybe acidic water. Um, there are definitely species that uh, the eggs don't either are not fertilized well or don't develop well in one parameter or the other and will do much better if you can just change the softness uh, or hardness of the water. And I say pH because low pH water just helps prevent fungus. So, but it's mostly the hardness. That's mostly the issue. All right. Those are my thoughts. 203 concurrent viewers. Of course, now that I said that, it'll drop to like 180 real quick, but that's not bad. Thanks for being here, everyone. If you haven't done so, if you wouldn't mind liking, sharing, um, getting, we're doing good. 203 is good for this little channel. So let's get the, uh, <laughs> let's get the word out so we can get even more, but thanks for being here, everybody. Appreciate you being here. Lumpy Dog, other big fish tubers have secondary channels for cooking, business, PUBG, etc. What would Dan's second YouTube channel be dedicated to? I've never put any thought into that, Lumpy Dog.
I honestly don't know. I have no idea. Um, theater is something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, and if I was still producing theater, it would make total sense to do like a, a daily vlog or something like that as a producer of a, a large, well, for this state, of a theater festival. It's not large, but it's big for Wyoming. Um, but I kind of stopped doing that so I could focus on this business. So that's kind of out just because since I'm not so involved in it anymore, I don't have the access to the content. Um, maybe it'd be like the left right channel where I come on I, I would never do this but I don't know where I come on and I argue strenuously for like the right position on something and then argue strenuously for like the left position on something like me doing both <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know that's what pops in my head <laughs> but I really don't know I don't have time for anything else right now, man. I, I couldn't, I could not handle another commitment right now. It just would not happen. Alrighty. Looking here. <laughs> I'm scrolling up because, because, because chat jumped on me. So I'm looking for where I was. Okay, as far up as I can go, and it's Michael Brandle talking about the musty 26 wide um, tank. I'll get to that in a second. I've missed some super chats, so let me get to them. Okay, getting punched in the face by Ed. Could be long stocking is cheering me on. The Lone Aquarist, $5. Thank you so much to the Lone Aquarist. I've been enjoying your content. Get yourself a coffee. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Ginger Graves throwing down $9.99. With Spinny Hippo. I appreciate it, Ginger. Ginger, thanks for being you. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of you, Ginger. I really am. And Tiffany White, $5 with a, uh, you know, it doesn't let me scroll down. I can see the top of the sticker and that it says good job, but I can't see anything more than these pointy little ears sticking up all cute. Tiffany, I'm so sorry about the delay. I hope that everything arrives tomorrow in good shape, but please reach out. Let me know. Let me know either way, so, I, so I'm not a nervous wreck, but uh, if there's problems, I'll take care of you. Please know that. Michael Brandle, I'm thinking about getting the Musty 26 wide a little bit heavier with the center divider. Was thinking the two sides would be useful. Yeah. I mean, I, I did a lot of digging before I purchased this because I'm, I'm really careful with money for the business because um, I'm trying to do right by my investors. I'm trying to make sure this all works. So I'm... I'm really careful and Musty was the, uh, seemed to be the cheapest brand of a tolerable quality. And I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I got. It's obviously not top of the line quality, but I think it's robust enough that it'll do the job and I won't have to be worrying about it falling apart or anything. Yeah. Having two sides would be useful. I wanted just one big one just cause I wanted to be able to take my 40 breeders when I need to set them down in there and scrub them out. Um, so that's why I went for that. But I'm happy with it. And I've only had it for a little while, so I don't have like a long-term relationship where I can say it's it's great five years later. Maybe next week it falls apart. I don't know. But but I was happy that I could find one for that price and that it seemed to do the job. Oh, I see it now, Tiffany White. It's a good job. Are those cats or foxes? I can never tell. I can call it a fox because of the, 
the markings on the chin. But thanks again. Rockford Fishkeeping. Yep, that helps with the lights. Thank you. Can you send me the link for the lights? By the way, I sent you an email with what to do with your ISP. Oh, thanks. I appreciate the email. And I will try to remember to send you a link for the lights. On Amazon, they're called Hycolity. Let me see if I can just find it real quick. Should be easy. They're four-foot shop lights. Hycolity. Four foot shop light. Okay, this should this should be it. <laughs> Come on, why isn't it it? Oh no, it's not. What am I seeing here? It's like so. The picture just doesn't show up well. You know, I'm not seeing them on first uh, glance here. So, um, okay. So, Brian, would you send me an email and remind me? If you just send me an email right now, dan at dancefish.com and say, which lights were those that you used? Then I will take the time to find the link and reply. I just don't want to take too much time on a live stream because that could get real boring real fast. 210 watching. That's good. That's great for this little channel that could. Thanks for being here, folks. Oh, Flower Stars. How did you get the name Fishmonger? So I so I, I have a theater background. Um I taught theater to college and things like that. So it's a line from Hamlet uh, where Hamlet talks to, I think, Polonius and says, yes, I know thee well, you are a fishmonger. And so that was a little quote I had like on my newsletter and stuff that I used to send out. And so it kind of became the fishmonger because I was the only one that used that term because <laughs> it's from like Elizabethan England. No one uses that term anymore. Um, and I don't know how the friendly got added to it, but the, the fishmonger comes from a quote from Hamlet from Shakespeare. Mike L. Hey, Dan, any tips on cyanobacteria? Oh, yeah. Run for your life. That stuff. Got a bloom in my breeder tank and didn't want to use chemicals. So, Mike. Okay. So, you probably know that erythromycin um, can sometimes take care of it. That's what other folks recommend. I, I haven't, have I tried it? Maybe I have. But what works best for me is I just get a, out manually. I just get in there with my hands and get out as much as I can with the siphon, suck out as much as I can, clear it as well as I can. And then I don't know what kind of filters you have, but if you have a hang on back, um, whatever that first chamber is that the water goes in and maybe there's a sponge there or some kind of cartridge, take that out and change that like daily for a week, not change it, but like wash it out because all that cyanobacteria that you kind of scrubbed up that you weren't able to take out of the tank manually or get in the, in the siphon hose is going to end up in that filter. Or if it's a box filter, change the floss. Or if you have a sponge filter every day, take it out, wring it out, rinse it out from water from the tank. Um, Cause it's going to collect all that stuff that you stirred up. And if you don't do that, it's just going to start a new colony real strong right away. But I get out as much as I can manually. I scrub it down. Um, if I have plants that are inundated with it, what I do is get as much off the plants as I can and then put the plants in my scud culture and the scuds will clean it all off. I know that's probably not an option for you, but that works really well for me. It's a nice organic way to do it. Um, 
but I just keep taking it out manually. And then I put in some kind of plant to outcompete it. Water Sprite is my go-to because you don't have to sink it in the gravel. You can just let it float. Water Sprite will um, absolutely boom once it's settled in, grows very quickly, and sucks up nutrients so fast that if you're continually removing as much of the cyanobacteria as you can manually, that the Water Sprite will eventually suck up so many nutrients that it just outcompetes it. Now, the, the cyanobacteria is going to want to grow on the Water Sprite and stuff, and it does take a little while. You have to keep getting it off as much as you can. The water sprite will out-compete it, and it'll also kind of grow over the top and shade it out. So that's the way I generally do it. I generally don't use hydrogen peroxide. I generally don't use erythromycin or anything um, because I'm like, okay, this is happening because of an imbalance. So what I'm trying to do is get out as much of that crud as I can and then fix the imbalance. And to me, water sprite is the way to do that. Now, any really fast-growing plant could do that, and any really fast-growing plant that throws shade could do that even more. So hopefully that helps. That's the way I do it. It takes time though. This isn't a quick solution. This is a pretty permanent solution though because it, it rebalances everything. So it's not just a Band-Aid. Cyclist 23, uh, and, and by the way, I've got a tank right now that I've, I'm about to have to go deep on with cyanobacteria. <laughs> Can you or do you have any nothokili fish at Dance Fish? Not at this time, Cyclist 23, but I've kept bred and raised many, many different species of nothos. So if there's a species you want advice on, I can probably help you out. If you, there's a species you want to acquire, I don't have them. But that's what the American Killifish Association is for. Join up and um, there's lots of hobbyists out there breeding them. And with Nothos, um, I would always, if possible, buy them from a hobbyist breeder in the United States. Uh, you Just if you can. Yes, it's possible maybe to do it other ways, but they're going to be infinitely more hardy for you. And they have generally such a light, short lifespan anyway, that if you get a notho that has a problem and that often comes with importation and you have to take all the time to get it well, it might've crossed its breeding window by the time you're able to recover it. So getting them from <clears throat> hobbyist bred, if you know, in the United States, if you're in the United States, which you are, um, is gonna really help you out. So that's what I would say. And the place where those hobbyists congregate is the American Killifish Association. It's like 30 bucks for a year. Um, you can also find stuff on, um, they're listed on, I think Wet Spot has them occasionally. I think Aquabit has them occasionally. I don't think I've seen them on Get Gills yet. I would love to, but you never know for sure if you're getting a farmed fish that's been imported or not, um, if you're buying from those places. So unless you know the breeder, but yeah, I would definitely try to get in touch with the killifish nut and get them that way. Most fish you can import and clean up and it's not a problem, but those note those, some of them only live a few months. Some live longer, but some, you know, and so if you're taking, if it takes you a month to clean them up, 
They might be old and long in the tooth and not breeding anymore by that time. Bathyphila can't wait for your Nigeria order. Me either. To land, I will definitely pick some of the Achilles when you list them. Any Achilles from Indonesia? I don't think so. Um, Indonesia has, what do they have access to? Like Aplicylus panchaks. That might be kind of it. I'm sure they breed golden wonders, but yeah. <laughs> they don't do it for me. I like a golden wonder, but you can get them at Petco. So I'm probably not bringing them in unless I find a really cool one or something. See, I think all Indonesia would probably have um, for local collection would probably be Aplicylus panchaks because that fish is nigh everywhere in Asia at this point. Uh, Kelly's Aquatics, are the annex tanks cycled? Yes, um, I've still got a little ways to go. It's taking forever to cycle these suckers. This is one of the so this is one of the few um, negatives to having soft water. It takes a lot longer to cycle a tank with soft water than it does a, a hard water tank, and it has to do with um, with your carbonates and how how the bacteria utilizes them and how buffer happens with pH and stuff like that. But yeah, they're pretty much cycled. I have nitrites. Um, I had nitrites up here for the first time a couple days ago. So we're at least to that point. And I'm getting the first inkling of nitrates. So yeah, I think it's not fully cycled yet, but I think within a couple days it will be. Um, but this is another reason why I'm, why I'm staggering the orders. I have enough room in my established facility down here to house the entire Nigeria order. So if the Nigeria order comes and the annex isn't fully cycled yet, I'll still be okay. I can put them down here. Um, and that's one reason I haven't pulled the trigger on the Indonesian order already. So, yeah, but it's, it's, it's so close to being done. So, yep. But seriously, I, I made a video on it the other day. <laughs> like, man, it's been three weeks. <laughs> I, I went around and added crushed coral to all the tanks. Not a ton, just like a eighth of a cup or so. Because it doesn't take a lot of carbonates to keep the bacteria going strong. But I was worried that I might have been uh, reaching the end of the carbonates that are naturally in my water. So I went around and added some more um, just so they don't end up reaching a point where they don't have any carbonates and going into stasis or a pH crash from carbonates or something like that. So we're on, we're on route, but it's, it always takes a while for tanks to cycle here because the water is so soft. Nocturnal Aquarist got my store set up. Boom. I saw that red mangroves. In fact, I was going to mention that and I forgot. Um, let me, let me mention that. So, Yes, here it is. So folks that were looking for red mangroves uh, in the live stream the other day, Nocturnal Aquarist went ahead and listed some. So if you go to getgills.com, you can find them right here. It's like they're 10 bucks. So there you have it. Awesome. Thanks, Nocturnal Aquarist. I appreciate you uh, joining Get Gills. Thank you for the tutorial videos. Huge help. Any news on PayPal integration? So PayPal integration is in process. We're in dev talks with that team. Uh, Jonathan's working on it. It's not 
like a simple, easy plug and play thing. So he's working on it though. And it looks like from everything we can see, it looks like it actually is going to happen and is happening. But until it actually functions, it's all theory, right? But we're, we have high hopes. And as far as timeline, you never know. I'll just say that Jonathan's focused on it and working on it. And um, yeah, <laughs> some of these same things seem like they're simple, but there aren't, especially not on a multi-vendor thing. Um, it would be easy if it was just one-on-one, -on -one, but when you have to have a whole community where it works for correctly, it takes a while. The Lone Aquarist, I love the talk you did with Steenfot. I did too. I had so much fun. Thanks again, Steenfot, for having me on. I, that was a blast. It was great to talk with another guy who's doing similar things as me. Like, he's a, he experiences the same things. He has the same frustrations. He has the same victories. So uh, it's it's great to, to have Bob in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Skipper's Aquariums. To ask Dan a question, make sure you type at Dan's fish so he can see it. Indeed. Thanks. Thanks so much, Skipper's Aquariums, for being here. Oh, did I? Hang on. I want to make sure I didn't skip any. That's funny. It didn't show up on the other list. I am down on Greenwater Guppies, a $5 super chat. Thanks so much. How are those Santa Marias coming along? They're doing great. The strain's well fixed and doing fantastic. Just working on developing longer extensions on the caudal fin. But that trade is not part of a typical Santa Maria. They're already fixed and doing well from what you'd expect from a Santa Maria. I'm just trying to make the tail fins a little, a little cooler. Fishion Tank Ticks, $1.99. Thanks so much. Always appreciated, but never required. But it does make the wife super happy, and $1.99 helps. I appreciate the super chat. Thanks so much. Okay, again, if I missed your question or comment, it's not on purpose. It just means I, I, I somehow skipped it or chat jumped on me so I couldn't get to it. So I'm not ignoring you. Just please list it below and, um, and I'll get to as many as I can before we have to end this. Kayla's Aquatics, I have a high number of swallowtails and meant to mention it to you. Do you need or want some? Oh, Bob, thanks so much. I appreciate that. No, I've got plenty. I've got plenty. Um, it's not fixed yet, meaning that it's not like 90% of them come out with swallowtails, but I've got a good batch with a mix of swallowtails and not. So, um, although, you know what, Bob, let's swap because it might be good for us to freshen our genetics up a bit. And if you've been breeding an isolated population from mine for a couple batches or a few generations, maybe I'll send you some and you can send me some and we can get some, uh, some fresher blood into our system. That's not a bad idea. So I'm planning on sending you some fish next week anyway. So maybe I'll add those to the box. Um, let's, let's get, let's email afterwards or tomorrow maybe, cause it'll be late tonight by the time I'm done with the kids and everything I have to do. But, um, yeah, let's, let's swap some Santa Maria's. That might be good for both our populations if you're down. Moonstone, is that how Goldie the Angel came about? Let's see here. Is that how Goldie the Angel came about? I can't remember exactly what I was talking about when you asked that question, so I'm not quite sure how to respond to it, but I'll tell you how Goldie came about. I ordered a, um, what was it, like 100 platinum angelfish dime size, and I got 99 platinum angels and one little gold angel. The little gold angel was Goldie. That's how she 
got her name she until he became until she became a he. I'll tell you about that too. Um, so Goldie came in, the only gold, all the rest were platinums, um, kind of the odd fish out and got the name Goldie. Goldie grew up and I always thought of Goldie as a female until one day Goldie spawned with a female and I saw that Goldie was a male. <laughs> so that's the story behind Goldie. She uh, just came in with another shipment and she's still here. She's back in, in the 75 gallons, um, loving life. Carla Mullenkamp, would scuds survive cold weather shipping? Absolutely. Scuds are tough as nails. Uh, they can take it. I, okay, there's lots of different species of scuds. I believe I have Azteca or Aztecii or however you say that, which should be able to take it down to like ice forming above the water and up in the 90s. Really tough, tough critters. So yeah, they should be just fine. The thing I'm most, I'm not nervous about, the thing I'm wondering about most for this week is the black worms. Because uh, it's so cold here and I'm shipping them to Florida where it's hot. So um, <laughs> you don't want to keep black worms warm. You don't want them to overheat, but you don't want them to freeze either. So that's the one I'm wondering how they're going to arrive. That's the one I'm, I, it's not like I'm nervous about them because they were a free giveaway and they're just black worms. Um, but uh, curious about that shipment. Finally made it to Pippi Longstocking and the uh, Boxing Fox. If you're wondering how far behind I am. <laughs> Dragon's Lair. I'm waiting until I quit having four to $500 power bills to pay before I order from you. Yeah, I would too. Um, sounds like you've got to get some insulation, my friend. Whew, that's crazy. Are you mining Bitcoin? <laughs> Like, what's going on? Wow. I hope it changes for you soon. That's that's crazy. Michael Wentworth, working with using straight RO in different solutions of methylene blue. For your, your egg hatching solution. Okay. Um, I wonder how straight RO would do if they're coming from a tank with hard water. I don't know if they are, but... You could have some osmotic problems there. You could burst the membrane if the spawning tank is regular tap water and happens to be like hard and then they get put in RO. I could see the RO uh, bursting the eggs possibly. Uh, you would see that though. You would know if that's happening. Just one more fish with Josh. Sorry to hit you with a noob killie question. Why? I love killie questions, noob or not. But I gotta know, I received the suggested peat moss. How wet do you keep it for hatching, holding eggs? Excited to work with killies, thanks. Yeah, so the moss really no damp off. My favorite kind of peat moss for killifish. So here's what I do with that. I take out as much as I need. I pour water on it until it's covered. Then I kind of swish it around till it all gets water on it. Then I dump it through a net, fine mesh net or a pantyhose maybe, something like that. I squeeze it as hard as I can and that's the right consistency. That's, that's how I do it. So it should squeeze hard enough that it would be difficult to squeeze an active stream of water coming out again. It would be, be difficult to squeeze out much more water. So you want it damp, but you don't want it saturated and wet. 
And the reason for that is oxygen flows much more easily through that damp peat moss than that really swampy peat moss. So that's how I do it. By the way, here's a, here's a story. That stuff works great. I once had some uh, Nothobronchius, what was, was it Neumani, I believe, is the species name. And I had a little container of peat moss in the fish's tank. And um, I was super busy with college. So one day I took that little container, like a little ceramic bowl, out, put it behind the tank, and put in the new container, then had to rush to class or whatever, forgot that I had done that. And then a couple months later was cleaning up there and found it back there, poured water on it and got a massive hatch of babies. So the water just like gradually evaporated out of that thing until it was dry, but it wasn't totally dry. There was still some dampness to it down towards the bottom, you know, because it had a, a, I don't know, a couple inches of peat moss in it. And um, yeah, they all hatched a great hatch. So (laughs) that was a really cool thing. I remember I was like, well, let's try this. And I poured in the water, (laughs) bunch of fry within a couple hours. (laughs) Oh man, Michael Wentworth telling me current time is 820. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to get through as many of these as I can. I probably won't get to everyone. I apologize. We're going to run out of, out of time. Um, so I'm scrolling up because chat jumped on me and I'm trying to... The next one I can see is scrolling up as far as I can is Moonstone. I just figured out why my eggs have struggled at times. Thanks a lot. Thanks a rot. <laughs> You're welcome, Moonstone. Hopefully, hopefully it helps. The next one, Michael St. John. How did cycling with the blackworms go? It's going, it's going as good as can be expected. So it takes a long time to cycle um, here in, in my Sheridan water. Kind of always has. I thought it would be quicker this time, but it wasn't. I thought I had some tricks up my sleeve. It's still taking a while. But that's not the blackworms' fault. So I feed them. They eat. They poop. They're just like a fish would. So it's working pretty well. And they're still all alive. They're multiplying. So at the end of all this, I'm going to have a whole bunch of live food, which is pretty cool. Well, of course, I got to run. Have a great stream. Keep up the YouTube content. Thanks, Lone Aquarist. Rockford Fishkeeping. I know he said he doesn't want to use chemicals, but Boyd Chemiclean works like a charm. Cool. I don't know what that is. I'll have to look that up and make a little note to myself. Boyd Chemiclean. All right, I'll look that up later. So for uh, cyanobacteria, for blue-green algae, Roxana, where and what size box filters did you buy? I bought the largest one Gemco has, J-E-H-M-C-O, Gem. Ah, I said that wrong. (laughs) Let me just link this. Here, this is the company. So if you go here, Gemco, J-E-H-M-C-O.com, and I got their largest box filter. Oh, it's right here. Jumbo round box filters. Here you go. What are they? $6.95 each. Not bad. And then I got the uh, larger sponge filters as well. And I got the Pro because they're coarse and they don't clog as quickly. I don't like fine sponge filters just because they clog so fast. 
That's what the box filters are for, is for re removing particulates. I want the sponge filter to stay unclogged as much as possible for biological. Rockford Fishkeeping. I just looked down at the Clown Killy quarantine tank, my second batch, and I see breeding dancing. Yes! What is it with fish breeding in the quarantine tank? They should know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Love will find a way. Michael L. Throwing down $4.99. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Dan. Always so helpful. I'll try to find some water spray on Get Gills. Didn't you have some for sale? Um, I did. If I ran out, uh, just ping me an email. I'm sure I can rustle some up for you. Um, and there might be some other folks that sell it too. Once you have water sprite, you tend to have it because it's so easy to keep and grow. 827. Okay. Doing as quickly as I can here. Skippers is lurking. No problem, Thomas. B-Start. Don't know if you answered this, but black worms, small tank setup, food. Um, Set them up just like fish. So have some kind of biological filter, sponge filter, matten filter, something, and feed them and change the water. So just treat them just like a fish. Same thing, and you should be fine. Um, they really like to eat bananas. If you take a piece of banana and stick it on a fork and put it down there, they'll just like swim all up in that thing and eat it within a day or so. Um, but high protein should be the, the staple of their diet, but they're an omnivore. So sinking pellets, they'll eat flake food, no problem. Just make sure you sink it for them. So they eat pretty much anything, but treat them like a fish. Keep them in an aquarium with water changes and biological filter and good aeration, just like you would a fish. And they should do fine. No power filters or anything because they'll get all sucked up in them. But a sponge filter will work great. Sakana Katana, what's your go-to food for feeding nano fish and killies when they arrive from import? That is baby brine shrimp. Um, for the first couple days, just uh, get something in them because I've never met a small fish that doesn't eat baby brine shrimp. So that's what I start them with. Um, and then I move on to other stuff from there. But for the first couple days, just to power feed them, get something in their system, baby brine shrimp has never failed me. Now, I don't do that long. I, I pretty quickly start mixing other things into their diet. But that's that's the first one. Michael Wentworth, current time is 820. I know. Spawning tank is 100 TDS using straight RO to try to avoid contaminants from the tank water. Good thought, though. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing that and you're not seeing the membranes burst, then, then you know you're fine. But it's just something to keep an eye on. One more minute. <laughs> Renamar, I think I have Hydra. Oh, no, in my scud tank. Oh, no. Saw them with a magnifying glass. Should I get rid of them? And if so, how? Only other thing in the tanks are baby assassin snail suggestions. I don't know how to kill Hydra without killing scuds. I don't know of a medicine. Although I... Flubendazole, I don't know if that'll kill scuds or not. So maybe flubendazole or fenbendazole, like your typical dog dewormer that you can get at uh, your local feed store or whatever. Just you have to you have to like blend it up, like get a little water and put it in the blender and blend that stuff in because it doesn't dissolve easily. Make a good slurry, but don't blend it so long that it gets really hot. That could denature the medicine. But anyway. Um, that might work. Maybe do a little side test. Um, see if it kills the scuds or not. I don't know if it will or not. Rena, that's tricky because of the other critters that are in there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to get rid of the Hydra and not anything else. 
Just one more fish with Josh. Do you use a lid with holes or will peat moss hold the water? I use uh, freezer bags. So Ziploc freezer bags is what I use. And um, if it's a true freezer bag, they're usually thick enough that they don't evaporate too much water. So if you do notice that it's dry, and I mean really dry, like the color changes and it's crispy, the, the top layer of the peat moss, then you might want to sprinkle a little more water in there, but that usually never happens. So no holes, just uh, a Ziploc bag with the peat moss. And you can like, when you seal it up, you can make sure to trap some atmosphere in there. So it's not like a vacuum packed bag. And that should be plenty. Um, if you're worried about it, every couple of weeks, open the bag and redo it just so some fresh atmosphere gets trapped in there. Okay. I have to skip Elflower One Star's question about how I feel about Globettas because we're out of time. I am sorry to everyone who I did not get to, but we are past 8.30 and I've promised my mods I won't keep them all night. Plus, I got to go tuck in my kids. But before we go, let's do the drawing for the Pandagara. So the lucky winner of the Pandagara. By the way, I'm going to try a different drum roll tonight. So if you have like earbuds in or your volume's loud or something, you might want to take them out because I have no idea how loud this is going to be. I, I have no way to know that on your end, if it's going to like be super loud and blow your ears out or not. So um, you've been forewarned. Here we go. Let's see. Um, and could you guys let me know in the chat if it's if the uh, if the volume's OK or if it's super loud or if you can't hear it or whatever. Um, Okay, here we go. Let's see if this works. Oh wait, I've got to, hang on, this is, takes a little more time. I gotta actually, come on, why can't I play it? Okay, here we go. Hopefully you can hear that. I can't, because then I get a feedback loop. Is it working? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> so what are people saying? Anyone hear that? Oh, it's very quiet. Okay. Very quiet. Okay. Let me try this. What would make it? Does this make it louder? Let me know if that's louder. Not louder. It's pretty much the same. Okay, last test, I promise. I just, I'm not quite sure which settings could it could affect that. Okay, let me know if this is louder. Okay, it's worth a try. <laughs> All 
All right. Thanks for suffering through that, everybody. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, here we go. <laughs> so I'm going to do the drum roll. And the winner is Wichita Falls Fishkeeper. You have won some Pandagara. Um, provided you let us know you're here in the next minute or so. Yep. All right. Congratulations. Um, if you would send me an email, dan at dancefish.com, with your first and last name and your address. I know I already have your address somewhere, but would you just email it to me so I don't have to dig? That would be greatly appreciated. And congratulations. Um, that is awesome. That's awesome. I really like Pandagar. I think they're a cool little fish. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for um, thanks for helping me figure out volumes on the drum roll. It's really weird because when I play it, I literally can't hear how loud it is for you guys. The only way I know to figure it out is to do it live. I wish there was a better way. Um, thanks to my mods. I really appreciate you guys. All you do for me every week and all you do for this community at large on other streams and other channels, etc. Um, oh, I missed the chubby guppy 499. Welcome to the Dan's big thespian blog. Right, right, right. Um, and there's one under that that I literally can't see. If I if I missed your super chat, I'm so sorry. I, I literally can't see some of them. It won't let me. I see they're there, but it won't let me scroll down and see them. Um, anyway, appreciate you all. I will see you next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. I should have a pretty cool guest on, um, Dr. Robert Faustus, who was the inventor of um, full power, which is a fulvic acid and has done a lot of research on fish, did his uh, PhD on different things with uh, aquaculture and things. And so he's an expert on fulvic acid and fish and should be able to educate us about that micronutrient and um, what it can do for our fish. So should be a cool stream. And even if he's not here, we'll make a go of it. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.